Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Welcome into Sabres Live. It is the day between games in the Sunshine State. Tampa is next tomorrow on the heels of a tough loss in Florida last night. The fabulous Chris Baker is in today for Marty Baron as uh, Marty is en route to join us for a road crew party tonight with an alumni list that is incredibly impressive. The problem, Bakes, is that everybody's vibe is just a notch lower than what we were hoping it was going to be based on the frustration, I think, might be a good word, from losing to Florida again last night. What do you think? Yeah, a little, it was a tough one. You know, they were feeling good coming off of winning three in a row. You're going down to nice weather. You should be feeling good about your game going in there, and you ran into a really tough team to play against. I think that's the bottom line from last night's game. You know, you have to rely on five-on-five scoring a lot when when your power play is not clicking all year. And, um... You know, I think the difficulty scoring goals and just getting to the net consistently really caught up with them against a really good team last night. And that's the bottom line for me. That's my main takeaway. Yeah. And the frustration obviously is centered more around, you know, the coach's description of how he saw the game and uh, paraphrasing, but he had no issue with how his players played, but it was more about how the game was called. And obviously that ended up on the score sheet with an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty in the third period that turned to five on four into a five on three and Florida got a goal, which was quickly answered by the Sabres, but it still ends up being a difference maker in a three, two win. Um, There are lots of uh, things to discuss, but I think you hit on the fact that like, you know what you're up against when you're going against the Panthers. It's now 14 straight games where they've allowed two or fewer They've gone 12 and two in that stretch. They did the Sabres get an early power play goal on a power play that was not functioning particularly well, but it was a shot from distance by cousins and it allowed them to take the lead. The problem is that wasn't not that you have to have high danger chances, but that wasn't even a high danger chance. And they never had a high danger chance on the power play the entire night. They had opportunities after that, and unfortunately, the statistics will show you that Florida leads the league in high-danger chances on the power play, and Buffalo is at the bottom, and I think when you see the Sabres being outscored 2-1 to on the power play last night, there are always many variables, but you get a good look as to why there's a difference in production level. Agree? 
Well, no, 100%. You know, in a game like last night, Duffer, you can kind of go two routes. You can talk about two things that have been kind of hot topics with the Sabres all year. You could talk about UPL, or you can talk mm -hmm. about the power play and the lack of maybe being more effective there. Mm -hmm. That's the storyline that I'm kind of choosing to take today. UPL has been good. That's mm -hmm. fine. That's a continuation. Now he's been the past two months. The power play, though, last night in a game against a team that you, you need to capitalize on those opportunities when you get them. Mm -hmm. That Cousins goal, it was kind of a different look. I haven't seen them score many power play goals like that this year. I was at least no. happy with that. Yeah. But I want a little more griminess on the power play. I wanted some ugly power play goals at this point. And that's, again, that was a takeaway. Um, overall, though, I think there's some things that I've noticed from the past couple of games, though, that are takeaways in terms of getting to the net. Um, mm -hmm. Tage Thompson, I think, rewarded for going to the net off that faceoff play on his goal. I want to see more of that from Tage. Not all the goals are going to be the pretty one-timers or, you know, dangling. Sometimes it, it goes back to what I was just saying about the power play duffer, grittiness, griminess, get some ugly ones. I want to see that more from this team down the stretch. Keep going. You know what I mean? You're not packing it in. I want to see it on Thursday against Tampa. That's how you're going to have to score against them too. Yeah, unfortunately, it was missed opportunity last night as far as the standings are concerned for those that are you know still following along with what we've been saying on a daily basis and what they need to do and the reality and the head-to-head -head games and the games in hand and all of that. They could have been sitting nine back of Tampa with a head-to-head -head tomorrow with two games in hand still and another meeting with them at the end of the year. So that's a that's a rosy outlook, but it's also a realistic one. And yet, when you now look at the reset Eastern Conference standings after last night, Detroit just absolutely rolled to victory over Washington. Another eight put up by an incredibly offensive team. So the Wings maintain their spot. Tampa doesn't move at all. New Jersey inches closer. Washington got smoked, but they still have three games in hand, so they could pull even with the Lightning based on that. And I still, after years of kind of feeling like it was completely the other way as far as overhype, over-respect for the Penguins. They just aren't getting any respect right now. But Bakes, they have five games in hand on the Lightning. They're 4-1-1 one, and one in the last six, and they're only seven points back. Like, I, I don't know who Sydney ticked off lately to have, like, nobody wanting to talk about the Penguins. They had a stunning hard-fought overtime win last night in Vancouver. It was impressive. Really impressive. Don't, Yeah, don't ever count the Penguins out anytime right. Sidney Crosby's healthy. I mean, that's just kind of how it is. And they, they've added a lot of talent. This is a team that's set up for a nice finishing kick here. Yeah, Use those games in hand. I mean, I don't think they're ever out of it when they have the amount of talent that they have. That's mm -hmm. just, It's just such a simplistic view of the Penguins, mm -hmm. but it's the realistic view. At the same time, Detroit, Cool. I that team, man, they look good. And and you know, Patrick Kane, what a what a injection into that lineup. But it's kind of he's bringing up the level of some of the other guys too. Lucas mm -hmm. Raymond, really nice game last night. A lot of young talent there. That's what we thought the Saber season was going to be, right? They they are very 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 reminiscent to last year's Sabers as far as the leap that they have taken offensively. Yeah. As a team, they're now 17-5-2, by the way, in their last 24 to maintain that position. And I saw recently, and it was partly centered around Kane because his numbers have been so good, but I think they would have probably ranked in the top five regardless. But the Wings have more goals this year from players who were not on their team last year than any other team in the league. So 
all the little extras that they've added have added up to a big infusion. Like Daniel Sprung, like this was a no-brainer, right? Like this poor kid plays 12 minutes a night everywhere and produces, and guess what? He's going to do it again in Detroit and score more than 20 and probably like 45 points, maybe even more. So it's worked. But the cane, to your point, has really enhanced it. And then, and then Buffalo's still lacking that scoring identity from last year. And Middle Stats got one in 15 right now. Tuck's got one in seven. Paterka's got only one assist in seven. And even Darlene, who was, you know, and still could lead all defensemen in goals, he doesn't have any goals in the last seven. And this is all on the heels of him, you know, really taking that uh, kind of the onus in, in, you know, especially odd man situations, but late game situations, like I want the puck, I want to be the shooter. Well, he's, he's not producing either. So how do you, from a strictly goal standpoint, we know the minutes, we know his effect on the game. I don't want to confuse the two, but at the end of the day, you have to score and you're seeing that they're not doing enough to do that. 100%. I mean, if the other guys aren't going, it's easier to key in on Darlene and kind of shut him down before he even gets to the zone. If he's carrying the puck, you know, it's for me, it's, you got to unlock that top line. It's getting that, you know, Thompson line back and everything cascades down from there. The matchups become very more like they become increasingly difficult for mm-hmm. teams to match up against them. If that top line's going, yeah. they're not, I don't want to put it all on one line, Of course, but not. it's easier to key. On, if, if trust me, you can dictate the strategy of the game when the Sabres top line isn't going. So for me, Don Granato has mentioned it at various points throughout the year. The compete level needs to be consistent. Mm -hmm. It's getting to the net. It's not being afraid to go there and pay a price. That's why I point out Thompson kind of getting there the past two games and citing some different plays. He's such a massive human being. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He can be very disruptive in front of the net. He showed a little bit of attitude and edge last night. Also, he didn't go. But he implied that maybe he was game for a little bit of a drop in the gloves with Kachuk. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's different ways to get your teammates into the game when you play a leading role. Mm-hmm. You can go to the net. You can do other things. Sometimes going out and taking a run at a guy and hitting all glass gets your teammates fired up. We don't see a lot of that either. No. So no. I think there's a lot of different ways to kind of skin this cat. Yeah. So, man, there, there's there's a lot there because like when you talk about – a line that's not going at the previous level, then, you know, it, it spawns conversation of, okay, well, how do you tweak the lines again? And, and and that's the frustrating part. Like everybody, a lot of people wanted Krebs to be in a different role just to see if the kid could create, right? It's always an evaluation period, but it's heightened as you get closer to a trade deadline. Um, I think he's done a nice job. I think he looks like he's taking on uh, like you know he's willing to take this on he's excited for it the results haven't tr- really been there uh, and again my concern would be more like Paterka only has one assist in the last seven so like what has happened to JJ because of the quest to do other stuff and that's not blaming Krebs for Paterka I'm just saying it's a reality when JJ is not with Dylan that it hasn't you know so these are all just things to look at but I know the one player through the group of 12 last night that you wanted to talk about that Tim, when he hit us up at Sabres live on X wanted to talk about, which Don Granato couldn't even really answer last night because he basically said, I'm glad you asked that question because I wasn't going to bring it up. And that was why does Benson 
keep getting calls against him at his age in today's game. What's your take on that? It's it's kind of crazy, right? Because he's put together quite a resume of plays this year where he's seem, seemingly unfairly targeted by the refs. And there's two thoughts to this. One, I just think it's part of being a rookie in the NHL, whether you like it or not. Sometimes these refs are going to try to flex on you a little bit. Hey, little young guy, watch your stick or whatever. You're in the big leagues now. I think there's some of that. As crazy as it sounds and as bad of an answer as that might be for some people, I think there's a layer of it. That is that. Also, he's very active with his stick. He's mm-hmm. very his competitive nature puts him in situations where he's going to take tripping penalties like he did last night, hooking penalties. I think there's a little bit of that as well. That's mm-hmm. a great thing, by the way. That's not a bad thing. Hundred percent. I think that, but I just I can't I can't for the life of me understand. It, it does seem like he's been unfairly targeted by the refs this year, and I just think it's a simple part of the you know being a rookie. Mm-hmm. And the refs are going to try to dictate their presence to the player, which I don't always agree with, but I, I don't know how else you can frame it. If, if this is a big F on the first, and I don't like complaining about refs, by the way. No. And you know, I don't either. We spend mm-hmm. very, very, very little time on the show talking about the officials because it's just not worth it when there are so many other statistical at the very least avenues to go down to prove a point of what we had just seen the night before. That's kind of why we're doing what we're doing is to try to get to the bottom of it to see how they get better. But like, so you take the Benson coincidentals, right? With Kulikov. It's, it's a joke. Like we know it's a joke. Cause even if the camera didn't see perhaps a hold, maybe in the neutral zone, which is where the only place that he could have garnered the infraction as he's trying to go by, they're still both in an equal battle position, and clearly Kulikov hoists them to the ground, but they go four on four. My theory is, guess what? Coach isn't going to be happy about that. Squeaky wheel. He gets on the officials. Guess what? Florida got a penalty right after that. Buffalo scored on the power play at the end of that penalty, and it's all a wash. It meant nothing in the game. Yeah, it's Benson. It's a talking point today, but... It didn't hurt them. They got a call. They got ahead, whatever. The other stuff, like if you don't know by now that Florida, half their team is trying to sell you elite condos on swampland every freaking play, like that's why Bryson got a high stick. Like Bennett saw it, jammed it up. Bryson wasn't in full control. And guess what? They believed it. Same thing with now the most punchable face in the NHL, according to a recent poll, Nick Cousins, right? The optics were terrible from Greenway. He didn't hit him. We know that to be true now. But the optics from any official would say, oh, my God, like he hauled off and drilled him. But what they should have done, based on seeing him get up, and as ESPN said, up from the dead, they should have called him (laughs) for embellishment. But the worst part of it is, is the second referee standing there watching Cousins get, ho- D- Dylan that is, hoisted to the ice, body slammed by Mikola, and there's no call. That's the frustrating part. But guess what? At the end of that sequence, Buffalo took an extra two minutes. Nothing happened. Nobody scored. Nothing happened. Guess what? Buffalo was presented with another power play right after that, before the end of the period. And then when the third period started, they nabbed Mikola for another penalty. And so Buffalo had two power plays. After all this nonsense that they were upset about, they didn't do anything. Why is the power play still not doing what it needs to do, Chris? 
I, I wish I had that answer, right? Because yeah. I think we'd be having a different story to talk about for the entire season if we knew what that answer was. Mm-hmm. I go back to simple basics of just rolling up your sleeves. Don't look for everything to be so pretty. Shoot mm-hmm. the puck more. You mentioned yeah. Peyton Krebs, okay? Yeah. Peyton Krebs, I think he looks good in this elevated role as a playmaker. Mm-hmm. What I'm seeing from him is kind of to follow up on what I was just talking about with the power play. I think we're going to start talking about him the same way we've been talking about Middlestad maybe the past couple of years. You want him to see him shoot the puck more, right? I think that's going to be the next step with Krebs in this role. Mm-hmm. couple opportunities to shoot the puck that he didn't. Sometimes if you have a guy breaking down on the wing and you have numbers, throw it off the goalie's pads instead of going for the pass. Little things like that yes. are going to be the next step that I'm looking for Peyton Krebs to take down the stretch if he's going to stay in that role. But it's the same thing on a power play duffer. Just shoot the puck, crash. Sometimes kick it high to the point and crash mm-hmm. the net. Keep it simple. Not everything has to be so pretty. Was it last night? Yes. It was It was when Krebs was flying into the zone with just over five minutes left, took the puck back, immediately looked for the cross-ice pass. That's the one you're talking about. Like that? Yes. If he's confident in the shot, which we ultimately saw Middlestat get confident in the shot, he can go short side high or pass off pads like you're talking there. And it would be a more retrievable, in all likelihood, rebound situation for that player. Instead, his sharp angle with a defender in the middle made it almost impossible to connect on the pass onto the right wing. But you're right, because that's the speed burst that that shows you, okay, look, this these are the good steps here. Because for a long time, like, you know, whether he was F3 or whatever, like, I mean, Peyton just wasn't in those kind of prime rush chances, it seemed like, right? And it might have been Paterka. Coming down the other side, I can't remember who was think, with him on that play. Uh, let's see. Yes, it was. It, it may have been. Yeah. I think it was Paterka. Like yeah. that's a great example too. Mm-hmm. Paterka's really good in that situation, coming yeah. down the wing when the puck comes to him, and he knows where to be, and he has that intuition to be in the right spot, and he plays that angle. Like he would have been expecting that. It's part mm-hmm. of the point, right? Yeah. But that's I. You know, again, I don't want to sit here and harp on all the negatives. Right. Um, but the, I just want to point out things that I'm personally going to be looking for down the stretch. Mm-hmm. at five on five while waiting for the power play to improve and hopefully it's not <laughs> too late <laughs> right. yeah so do you remain patient here again with the lines through this tampa game do you i do, do you, yeah. um i don't think I, i'm not seeing right now i mean you know it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? Because I just talked about you need that top line to get going. Mm-hmm. I think that Thompson's actually played better lately than his numbers have maybe suggested. Fair. For that alone, just get him going with some familiarity. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't dislike that um, Krebs line and how mm-hmm. they're playing. I like the competitive energy that they're bringing. So with that said, I kind of just, I hold tight. They just need to score more goals. They're they're staying in games. To your point, yeah. I mean, you described like the puck don't lie scenarios with the power play. Just stick with it, stick mm-hmm. with it, and see where it gets you. They just won three. Right. You lost a game on the road against a very good team, and it right. was a pretty tight game on the mm-hmm. scoreboard. Anyways, I'm yeah. not seeing a reason to shake it up, Duffer. No, I think the disappointment, and it goes back to probably the the first discussion we had on the power play earlier in the segment, was they didn't generate any high-danger chances. So that affects your overall total. The fact of the matter was they only had six high-danger chances in the game, according to Natural Stat Trick, which ties them for, you know, basically, like, they've had, they did, they had two games this year where they had only five high-danger chances, which was the low. They've had a 
handful of games now where they've had six. The problem is, for the most part, they liked how they played against Florida a couple of weeks ago at home. They had less than half as many chances last night against them as they did on that night in Buffalo, and they were shut out that night. So the mentality had to be like, we need to do even more. And they didn't even get halfway there. That's where the frustration is for me. You know, that here, when I say frustration, it's because I'm like you, like I sit here and I believe that these guys are capable of it. <laughs> yes. They've shown yes. this. So it's, it's not like some unfounded thing. It's like, so, and again, you tip the cap to Florida that we know again, 14 straight games of being like ridiculously staunch defensively and number two in the league in that regard. But these guys need to believe they can do more offensively. Duffer, on the line thing, okay, for a second, like for me, I'm just trying to figure out like what would a change in combinations do to solve the getting to the net issue on a consistent basis and that griminess and grittiness that we kind of talked about about getting to the net. There's only one move that I can really think of, and it's more of a positional move. And I, I'm worried that it just has too much of a shakeup. And you're like saying, well, why are you worried, right? You should be grasping any straw right now to climb the standings. But is it moving Cousins to the middle? Yes. That maybe and changes Benson, that power Benson look. back to the middle stat wing. Because now I'm starting to wonder if Benson's presence with middle stat is what allowed Casey to be leading the team in scoring until now he's been caught by Darlene. I'm willing to talk about that. That scenario. You you may have talked me into it in a roundabout way. <laughs> it's a positional thing. It's not flopping wingers and flipping them around. It's getting that power driving down the middle with Cousins back. Mm-hmm. And I and you make a good point though. Also, I think about um, about Benson. Also, I don't know. I, it's it, tough. It's tough. but you're you're you know for years have established yourself in this market as the prospect guy through Sabers prospects. So when you look at Zach Benson in his first full NHL season. What was your projection for him? And what now is your projection for him as he works towards the end of his first NHL season? There are a lot of nights where sometimes just close your eyes and you think about what Zach Benson's going to physically look like in three or four years when he has a little bit more thickness, man strength, Maybe a little bit of a, a little more quickness, mm-hmm. but even if he doesn't pick up the quickness, it's not going to hurt him. Right. With that set, and it's a very nice visual because you look at what he's done. He's been impressive going to the net. He's been impressive off the puck. Mm-hmm. The stick lifts, the competitive energy that he brings. You want yeah. it to be infectious with the rest of the guys. I just think that this year, my expectations for him was all about data. Get all this data into your brain. Mm-hmm. And see where it takes you in five, eight game blocks. He hasn't disappointed at all. You thought maybe he'd hit a rookie wall at some point. You can argue statistically maybe at spots he has, but in terms of his effectiveness, shift to shift, he has not hit a wall in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Now, I think that break that they had right before the all, I think it helped him. I was on with Marty and I said, Hey, look, this is a great timing for this break. Gets him to reset. You don't have to put him upstairs and have him watch from up top for a little bit. This was a built in break in the schedule that I think he looked really good the past couple of games in mm-hmm. situations that are tough. But overall, um, yeah, let's go back to draft night with him. Yeah. What do we talk about? His motor, his competitive energy, and his smarts. Mm-hmm. He's lived up to that. Agreed. And I just think with you know, just with this data, again, I don't want to be all scientific or you know silly about it, but this year as an 18-year-old is going to go such a long way for him in his career in the next three years of this club, in my opinion. He just makes his teammates better. You can go back to preseason, Duffer. You put him on any uh, preseason line. 
He made the preseason lines better. Yeah. He's and the guy that you can move around the lineup to get other guys going. Right. And that, so, and I know that has happened through the course of the year, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, we saw it enhanced the most in the preseason when he was playing with Tage. And then the season, he didn't play with Tage a lot, but then there were times when he was put back on that line with Tage to try to get him going. And as we've seen, it has just been a struggle for whatever reason for Buffalo's top players. As you were saying that, I was thinking, imagine if Buffalo had like half even the swagger they had offensively from last year and how much better Benson's numbers would look within that. He's part of a frustrated group right now. That's not his fault. He's come into it and a whole bunch of guys who had career years are not having those career years. I still firmly believe that this kid's going to be a 30 goal scorer someday because of everything, all the attributes you just said, too smart. He's too diligent, nasty, you know, in a, in the best way. And um, yeah, I have, I have no doubt. Do I wish he it's, scored it's 22 incredible. this year? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. But hey, look, you know, you can look at a lot of um, highly touted draft picks coming in at 18 and they didn't light the world on fire. You know, I look at Joe Thornton and, you know, Stamkos, his his challenges. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, They all turned out great. Hall of Fame careers. Um, For me, the, the biggest thing, too, I think with Benson that sometimes I think we have to think about is. Too often, he's been kind of leading by example out there in terms of competitiveness. Like the other guys have to be really looking at this saying, you know what? I have some work to do, I, uh, but why are they following the lead of an 18 year old kid? I'm not trying to say they're, I'm, it's a fact. It's I'm not a trying fact. to pick on the players or just be overly critical. It's just a fact that should not happen. He should be inspired and learning from them. And sometimes the shoe's been on the other foot. Yes. That's concerning and in some spots of the schedule. As, as what you're saying is exactly what the coach has said numerous times this year. We need more compete. But whenever that conversation then came around to number nine, no, he's in the lineup because he keeps doing this night after night after night and keeps getting better in his awareness of the game. So, yeah, that's 100% true what you just said. And we'll see if they have that big effort against Tampa tomorrow. Uh, It is, I mean, the lightning just got, no, not that anybody could see it because the lights went out, but um, (laughs) (laughs) which was a great thing. By the way, so we were at hat tricks last night in Tampa. Probably, I'm going to say at least conservative guess, 40 TPs, right? We managed to get one, right, for the Sabre game. Not easy with streaming and all that nonsense, right? Um, The Lightning game was off air for technical difficulties for well over half an hour. (laughs) We had to sit there like we never, you know... We should have asked right away, but how would you know when it's going to get corrected, right? But the lightning, you know, on Bally Sports, like it just defaults to like old lightning programming. <laughs> so like oh, that's, geez, you yeah. know, like classic programming. <laughs> so that's what you're hearing through the bar for like 30, 40 minutes. And we're just like, maybe we should ask them to put the sound up on the same. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, why are we here? Oh yeah. my gosh, it was terrible. It was painful. But again, that's a rough. That's silly, a rough one for Bally. <laughs> that's a, there's another little silly thing with last night. Like the the big talking point the last time they played the Panthers, we should have scored first. We had the chance to score first. We could have taken control of the game. Well, last night they got the first goal. 
And they still found a way to come out of the first period down by one, which has been, you know, a huge issue for them so far this season. But opportunity knocks again tomorrow, right here in Tampa. And not only tomorrow, but we want to get you ready for, uh, a, you know, St. Patty's Day festivities with a ticket and a hat bundle. You know me, Bakes, and I'm up for a good hat. And uh, who doesn't like green? You can purchase a ticket to the Sabres March 12th game against Detroit, plus a green St. Patty's Day Sabres hat, all for a low $45. Visit sabres.com slash bundle to purchase yours today. Bakes has got a rundown of a lot of key performers organizationally right now from a prospect standpoint. Of course, we'll go around the league as well. Marty's en route to Tampa. We've got a big road crew party in this city tonight. And we're back after this Sun Sabres Live. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. With Chris Baker in for Marty Baron on this day, welcome back to Sabres Live. I'm Brian Duff, the biggest jerk there is. 22 minutes of content left, and then I'll be back at the pool. So thank you and good night. Um, but no, seriously, Bakes, uh, Amherst are in action tonight. They are home, and then they hit the road for a couple. They find themselves in an incredible dogfight in the North Division. Uh, that always leads us down the path of uh, prospects and players to watch, be it at the pro level like we just spent a lot of time talking Benson like we've talked a lot about with any number of Amherst this year um Devin Levi expected to get the call and goal tonight um do you want a quick thought on Levi and what you've seen there and maybe project what the rest of his year may look like here it's been pretty busy uh facing a lot of shots I I like the fact like my I try to keep it very simple with him he's a young goalie get him down let him get some shots get minutes but I like the attitude that he went down there with he's really embraced the opportunity to play regularly be a part of something you want to see this Amherst team down the stretch now it's kind of tighten it up a little bit limit the shot you know kind of ratchet up the D you know you're getting into some really tight spots now coming into the playoff push Levi's gonna be a big part of their success I like the fact that you know I know that you and Marty, I think, talked about it recently, one of these days this week. Do you bring him up for one of the games? Uh, mm-hmm. I think that was – I keep him down there. Just yeah. Like kind of let him – Just I don't want to shuttle I'll him. I'll agree with you, you since know, Marty's not on, and I didn't want to push back on that day. I just let him have his way. Yeah. <laughs> keep him down there. Keep him in his groove there. Let's not shuttle him back and forth. I know it's 
you know, write down the 90, I get it. But um, it's also a nice little opportunity maybe to reward Comrie. I, it's, I, I like seeing Comrie back up, the smile on his face. I just think from a human yeah. standpoint, get him a game, uh, make him feel like he's part of it. And he is, by the way, he's part mm-hmm. of it. Yes. Um, but with Levi, I've really liked um, the team does play. It's, it's inconsistent right in front of him. Mm-hmm. But when he first got down there, they had a couple of good defensive performances in front of him. I want to see him get back to that consistently. That's going to, um, but he's, he's been really good for, I don't, I know you've watched the games. I've watched the games. He's made some key saves. I'm not going to fault him on that overtime goal. No, if anything, um, I mean, he yeah. probably hated the only goal that he gave up in regulation simply because it was yeah. one of those, you know, modern day goals, sharp angles, shoot high around the ears, hope it goes in. But the fact of the matter was I was most impressed with the coaching staff choosing to play it out the way they did. He had the monstrous save performance against Toronto earlier in the week. Then they got on a bit of a losing streak and they knew that the last game of seven in 11 was going to be after a five hour bus trip from Rochester on a Friday night into the bears den. They are still defending champions who are over 800 winning percentage this year. It's obscene. And they're like, yeah, we're not going to be in a good place for this game. So Devin, it's on your shoulders. You're going to need to help us tonight. And there they were, 1-1, right to the end. Power play closes out regulation time. Yeah, there's nothing you can do in the overtime. They lose 2-1 to the best team, the best team, arguably in ho- in pro hockey in North America. I mean, re- yep. reigning champs with an 800 winning percentage. Like, it's it's amazing how good Hershey's been. So I, I give Appert and company, Seamus, all hands on deck there, you know, how they put him into that situation and how, and then how he answered. Took the words right out of my mouth. They're playing to his strength and his psyche as a goaltender. Devin Levi likes seeing a lot of shots. He likes action. And that was kind of set up for him to see a lot of shots and a lot of action. They played into it. It was a good decision to your point, Seamus, Seth, good coaching decision and knowing your pieces and forecasting that going into that stretch of seven and 11. So we had a nice little cameo for Matt Savoy at the start of the year in Rochester, or once his year started after injury, um, he is the only player in the Western Hockey League averaging two points per game right now. He's had some injury difficulties at times. Um, where is Savoy at, in your opinion, as we start running through uh, a pretty good list here of Sabre prospects and, and where they're at? So I think Sabres fans should be excited for what another offseason of strength and conditioning work is going to um take place for Savoy coming in the next fall. I think there's going to be some readiness there, just like there was shades of readiness coming into this season before that prospects challenge injury. We've said it ad nauseum with Savoy speed. His speed is dominant at the junior level, two points per game, second overall in the entire Canadian hockey league as well. There's one player that has more in the queue, um, 21 goals in 24 games. He's scoring. He does it by going to the net. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is what's important. It's easy to look at stats with junior players and not, not always know the story of how they're scoring their goals. He's got a very high work rate, he plays with a lot of speed, and he goes to the net. Sometimes that's how he gets these nicks and, and bruises that he suffered this year. No, no different than the Pittsburgh game at the Prospects Challenge, right? Hard play going to the net with speed. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there, it's going to be fun because he has similar competitive battle in him that we talk about with Benson. They just play the game a little differently. The pace of play is the biggest differentiator between Savoy and Benson, but I think Sabres fans should be very excited. But to your point about the injury, um, he had a, he was out for a couple games. 
came out for warm-ups against Calgary on the 10th of February. Didn't feel right. They kept him off, not because it was serious, because they could. Mushtaz mm. cruising. They're yeah. being safe. They're taking a bigger picture view. He's yeah. fine. He came back, and he's just been producing since coming back in the line, so he looks good. Is he a future Sabre or a future yes. chip? Do you think they'll keep him? Um, well, I think it's all they're all currency. Every oh. single player is currency. That's how I'm looking at it right now. Even, you know, Yuri Kulik. I got yelled at last year for saying, hey, Yuri Kulik, you know, for the right deal. It's currency. <laughs> now, um, who would yell at you? Somebody on social is my <laughs> guess, right? Um, that's kind of yeah. how social media is. But um, <laughs> no, in the bigger picture, the, 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 that's yeah. just how my philosophy is. It's all currency. Okay. okay. But um, no, I think that he can eject. I think he can eject some needed elements. He's not going to solve all the grittiness that we talk about and all the grime. Right. But if he's going to the net and that mentality is present, I give him a look before just making this final determination that he's a guy that you can definitely move. The audience can't see the big whiteboard we have behind us with all the names on it. So I'm allowing you to pick the next name on that list that deserves to be talked about as far as Sabre prospects. Well, you know, there's a couple of guys that played in the World Juniors that we should talk about that are going to be here in Rochester next year. But I want to give some quick love to one that we don't talk about enough, if that's okay. I want to go a little bit off the board to use your board reference, okay? Bilyami Mariala Mm -hmm. is sometimes, I think, a forgotten about prospect in the Sabres ranks. Currently leading his team in scoring over in Liga. That's TPS Turku. Okay. Um, he's just set a new t- storied franchise, TPS Turku. He just set a rookie points record. He had his 39th point over the weekend, had a three-point game. I think he has um, eight goals and 13 points in eight games just this month. So that's a really nice finishing kick. Okay. But it's not just about the points. So he broke Capo Caco's rookie points record for the team. It was 38. Oh. Mariala now is 39. So he got the gold helmet right here. here in our footage. Is that right? He does have the gold helmet. He's had it for about three weeks now. Okay. Nice. So the young player. So leading all rookie scorers in Liga, but also leading his team, doing it in a second line role. But here's the big thing, Duffer. It's all about how you get it done. Just like what we were saying about Savoy going to the net. You're mm. starting to see those leaps with Mariala. The mentality. And I think part of it is playing for Patrick Waugh when he was with the Quebec Remparts for two seasons. He's taken, he knows what to expect from North American hockey. He's taken it back over to Europe, He's playing a big role. I just wanted to point it out. Sometimes it's easy to talk about Savoy and Ostland, some of the guys in Rochester, Wahlberg. I don't want to lose sight of Viljami Mariala. Sabres mm-hmm. hold his rights for one more year. He just signed another one year extension with TPS. We'll see mm-hmm. if he stays over there. Sabres sign him, stash him. High skill. And he's done a lot more in small areas this year. I just wanted to point it out. So who's next? And you can stay with the, uh, you know, the lesser talked about if you like. Uh, this is this no, is all this uh, is all your wheelhouse. Okay, well, I'll go. I'll go uh, just quick around the horn. I think with some of the guys that we saw in the World Juniors. So Noah Oslin, just I think the what you need to know about Oslin is that he came back to Vecwa after the World Juniors, mm-hmm. and he lit the world on fire. He had ten points, I think, four goals and six assists in his first seven games back. Now, he's only had one goal recently, but it's not about points for him right now in the men's league. It's how he's functioning in a 200-foot manner. What you saw from him in the World Juniors in terms of defensive, he's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, faceoffs can improve a little bit, but his awareness is so good. Off-the-puck awareness, his understanding of offensive zone spacing, he, just, he looks the part of a guy that Sabres fans should be excited about when he comes over next year. Um, so we like his 200-foot game. Wahlberg? Not scoring a ton, doesn't matter. Playing a very big role on a Malmo team that is in a, a really a dogfight for that last playoff spot there in the SHL. 
He's been averaging, uh, I don't have it up in front of me, but he, and he was picking up 18, 19 points a game for an 18-year-old. He's still 18 years old playing mm-hmm. in the men's league over there. That's um, a lot of but, time. You know, that's yeah. Really good on the boards and in the corners, Duffer. Um, net front presence. You know, he's learning some lessons. Um, there's some high skill guys on that big ice that can kind of, you know, present some challenges for him. Playing on that big ice, so he, he it forces him to work on his skating, his acceleration. And he's coming away, uh, he's gonna come away a very good player. I think he's another guy that we're gonna see next year in Rochester. The Sabres have so much in the way of high-end young defensemen on their current roster. What's the farm look like? And how big a year is Sevi Komarov having after <laughs> already owning a Memorial Cup and a game winner in that tournament? Komarov's probably the best defenseman, overall defenseman in the QMJHL this year. It's, and I'm not saying that because he's leading all defensemen in that league in scoring, which he is, but uh, because I don't think he's going to be a big scorer when he makes the transfer up sure. to the professional ranks. I think his he's going to make a mark by being a big, um, rugged, territorial type of defenseman um, and just, you know, play simple in his own zone, play physical, clear his net front. His skating has improved since being drafted. He can really get it moving in a straight line. His acceleration's gotten a little bit better. Still want to see it improve over the next couple of years. A lot to like there in terms of size, reach, shot blocking. And he'll be able to get shots through. You know, he's going to have to recalibrate his puck carrying and some of the things that he's able to do mm-hmm. at the junior ranks. He's not going to be able to do it with this, at the same velocity that he does uh, currently in the queue. But I like it, the look of his game in terms of his core competency as a defenseman. Um, you asked about the defenseman as a whole duffer. Yeah. Let me just say this real quick. I know you're chomping at the bits. Jump back in. I I always put the defenseman in two buckets, right? You put Komarov in that same bucket as a Nikita Novikov. Thank you. That was where I wanted to hear next. Okay. (laughs) So Novikov is, um, I've loved his growth. Yeah. In terms of, um, it's the cultural adjustment. Feels like he's part of the team, and it's really Mm -hmm. brought out the best in his game. I was going through his defensive pair. You know where I'm going with this. He had a stretch. He had six different defensive partners in like a three-week stretch. You know what I mean? Because that's how they run it in in Rochester. Well, you know, you don't get comfortable. Keeps you on your toes. Creates your awareness, Mm -hmm. uh, your adaptability. I really like where his game's going. What I've really seen from him. So number one, we've talked about it, I think. You and Marty have talked about it. I've talked about it separately. His willingness to jump up and attack the play. Yeah, Very noticeable, right? But now you're starting to see a little bit more of that comfort and that being part of the team. He's stepping in after the whistle, you know, blocking guys out, getting a little more aggressive and kind of marking his territory, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It's a big, imposing physical guy. It's mm-hmm. part of the game. You like to see it. It's a big package that he brings. It's not just the offense. It's, it's the total package. I really liked his growth. Do you see a future NHL career more for Novikov or Komarov? I see more of <laughs> it's a very good question. I think Novikov's pedigree, especially playing in the KHL and showing he can do it there, it gives me a little bit more belief and confidence in his game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he has very, con- I think he's more intuitive in terms of knowing when to go. And the rec- I'll tell you what, he played on that big ice in Russia. I think it's easier for him to use his recovery skills to get back on the smaller ice. It's so simple, mm-hmm. just like this, you know, geometric yeah. approach to it. Yep. But it's truly been um, for a kid in his first year coming over here in a new game. It's a new style of game. Mm-hmm. It's just how he's adapted has led me to believe that I, that he's the answer to your question that you just posed for me. 
Impressive. We'll take a quick break, come back with maybe a few more names on Baker's list. Of course, Chris is in for Marty Baron on this day. Marty's back tomorrow, and we're back after this on Sabres Live. We're back with more of Sabres Live, presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. I'd like to personally extend a thank you to the Vegas Golden Knights for ending Toronto's win streak last night at 7. I would like to thank the Flyers for allowing Brandon Hagel's point streak to continue. It's now at 14 as Buffalo gets to take on the Lightning tomorrow. It's amazing. Hagel could, with another good week, like end up with the longest point streak in Lightning history. It's like, what are you... Anyway, Bakes, I know you love the Western Conference. We haven't had a chance to talk about it today. Uh, Nashville's on a six-game run. The Kings got bumped again by uh, Calgary last night. It's pretty tight in the West. What's uh, What do you think is going to happen there? I would like to see L.A., obviously. I mean, I'm a Kings. I'm a just a honk for the Kings, you know, going back to, you know, they, they had that heavy style. They played big, you know, just kind of um, when they were, you know, in their cup run. Jonathan Quick, just an absolute. Uh, just, I, I just, I, you know, I, I hearken back to those days, you know, yes. but I'm still kind of holding on to it. I'd like to see that team somehow get it together, but I just not, I'm not feeling it. They're uh, not feeling it. They are right there with Nashville right now, Calgary, St. Louis, Minnesota, Seattle, all believing they have an opportunity to eventually overtake which goaltender do you believe is going to be the biggest name on the move a week from Friday at the deadline? Wow. You know, that's, that's a tough one. Um, I, I would like to see UC Saros go somewhere. I just don't think it's going to happen, but like, yeah. no, you put me on the spot there. I mean, Saros is a guy that has just been at the, always on my mind when it comes to this season, just because of all the questions. Yeah. Would you be, I'm going to throw it back to you. Would you be surprised if he gets moved or do you think no. it's going to happen? No, but everybody seems to be. And I think now it makes it even harder for trots to do it because I believe that markets like Nashville, as successful as they are, they can't throw away an opportunity to be in the playoffs. They can't. And now they've won six in a row. They are right back to where they hoped they'd be. Um, I, I think it would be a very, very, very difficult situation now. Their farm club, Milwaukee, just rattled off 19 straight wins, and they have yeah. a prominent young goalie there who I don't think would be ready to carry them into the playoffs if you traded Saros next week. But I've been wrong before, so I don't know. Well, does Trotz think they can le legitimately go on a run, right? Because you're only going to keep Saros if you're going to go on an extended run, or are they just trying to make the playoffs, right? There's two yeah. schools of thought there, because Askarov can play. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm not I saying know, he's Billy man. Ranford or one of these guys that's going to come in and lead him to the <laughs> right? Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's the name, though, that's at, it's been stuck in my mind. And, right. of course, acquired by Nashville at the draft with a pick from Buffalo. Yeah, fourth rounder. It turned that uh, Gostad deal on its ear a little bit in, uh, in, in, in history. And, of course, Calgary's facing a very similar situation with Markstrom because now they've won four in a row and firmly believe that they can do this, even though everybody has them as sellers. Bakes, thank you for today. Folks, Marty's back tomorrow. We'll see you then. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.